Today on the Andy Chen Talk Show, we talk to fellow actor Vanessa Vanderstraten. I met Vanessa on the set of Lion Moms and I found out she was the host for Fox Sports Asia and the final one. She has also backed quite a number of leading roles on Channel 5 local productions. Uh, today she's going to share with us how to become an actor, her experience on international production Marco Polo for Netflix, and also how do actors deal with nudity. Now I have to apologize for some technical errors we are having for this episode. Some of the footage are out of focus. This is a learning process for us as well, and I hope you understand. Enjoy! Okay, today we have uh, Vanessa Vanderstratton. Well done. <laughs> okay, uh, to begin, I always ask the guests to like uh, introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Vanessa. I am... Uh... <laughs> No, no, I am 29 this year. I'm an actress and a host in Singapore. And uh, most recently, I'm in Line Moms season two on TV. Yeah. Wow. Which is airing now. Which is airing now. Which is airing now. <coughs> okay. Okay, so let's start from the very beginning. Okay. Right. So uh, tell us about your surname. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just inherited it. So it's a Dutch uh, surname. Van der Straten. Um, some of my aunties and some of my cousins Van have der Straten. it. Yeah, it sounds like really like fancy, but it actually means from the street. I'm not sure why, but yeah. So it's some of my aunties have it spaced out like Van der and Straten. Some have it Van der and Straten. Yeah, for me, it's all just lumped together. But you're like hundred percent Singaporean. Hundred percent born and bred. Yeah. Okay. So about half Dutch yeah. blood. Well, one eighth. One like, when eight. you break it down, it's like one eighth because like it was my great grand, grandfather. Great grandfather. Yeah, but my mom's Chinese. Bit. So. Right, but you don't speak Chinese, right? <laughs> of course I do, just not well. I speak. Okay, look. Oh, I, I think. We can do this interview. Okay, I can do interview. It seems a little weird. That's all. Will it? Okay, I think you can. Eh. I can try. You can consider trying to eat. Oh, God. I don't you know. should. You, no, okay, people. see, I went for a, man, for a Mandarin audition once, and the second I start focusing on the lines and trying to get the pronunciation and the honey pinging right, I completely forget how to act. Like I can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do both at the same time. Yeah, so it's a bit frustrating. And you know, the second when you you want to get mad at someone, like the emotion is driving yeah. the scene, my go-to is English, right? So I have to stop and then translate it. Oh, but it takes time. Figure right? out, I get it right. And it, yeah, but it and takes time. Right? Like I'm, you can digest the script at home and it becomes a lot more... Yeah. Like, but that's how I feel when I'm doing Lion Moms as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't it's see weird, it I, I'm very weird. I'm caught in the middle. Like for you, you are born and bred. With English, yeah. right? You digest content in English and then you express mm -hmm. yourself in English. Mm -hmm. But for me, <clears throat> I think and I consume content in English, but I communicate in Chinese. Right. So there is actually... It's, that, weird. it's weird for me, yeah. But I think a lot of Singaporeans are like that. Oh, actually, okay. yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm now trying to um, work on my English so that there is no like translation. I don't need to translate anything in my mind. Well, you know, for, for you and Lena, I think you guys have done like remarkably well. Like really, really well. You know, there have been, okay, I must say this, I, I do read some of the comments and there have been some negative comments about Lena's character, Chelian and Lion Moms, and I think it's unwarranted. Like, I love the fact that Chelian's English is not, is not like my English, it's not like Bernice's English, it's not like Nurul's no, English, but do you, you know? Do you, okay, I, I love Lena. Yeah, okay. Lena, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay, but do you think there is a line to draw? Okay, because my, my issue with mm. it is I haven't really watched that much, like, mm -hmm. to say, so this is just for my observation. Mm. Like, Lena's characters just, sometimes it feels like Chelian speaks Chinese, 
my yes. former English, she feels like she speaks Chinese, but she's forced to speak in English. Mm-hmm. So it becomes, I think that's the main issue. It's not right. that the English is, has to be perfect, mm-hmm. but it's just that it doesn't feel like she's... It doesn't speak, feel comfortable. It doesn't feel comfortable for yeah. her. Like, okay, if she's around like you and like Bernice and the you rest, can hear it. and she's speaking in English, mm-hmm. then I think it's fine. Because mm-hmm. like, okay, if I'm... If I, I I'm not a native like English yeah. speaker, but if like the friends around me are all speaking English, I'm gonna try and speak right. to them in that language, and it doesn't right. sound as good, but it's it's, a, it's it's the character and it's fine, you know. Mm-hmm. But like when she's talking to her kids and all, it just doesn't feel like like it's her. I think that's the main main issue there. Do you think that's? I an issue? I actually prefer it like that, and I right. enjoy it like that because what how I see Chalian, um, and I don't know if the writers saw it that way. I don't mm. know if Lena sees it that way, but it's that Chalian comes from a humble background, you know, and she's she's always been the heartlander, maybe, and maybe uh, Chinese educated as well, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the norm for a lot of Singaporeans as well. What I like about her speaking English is that. Chalian is setting an example for her children. She's giving the best that she can That's a good for her children. You know? And she's not here. If not, you can ask her I what's know. her motivation. Yeah, I know. Of, I, yeah. Okay, yeah. but yeah, I, I like that Chalian perhaps is modeling this behavior. She knows that she mm. has to force herself to speak well and you know for her children to model that behavior that for her children. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I think also that sets her apart from the other mothers because that you have the you have the tiger mom, you have the perfect mom, you have the single mom. You know what about the, the heartland mom? Yeah. And I, I like that about Chalian a lot. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that more later. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Carry it away by my mom. Yeah. yeah, okay, so how, how did you, what was your education like here? Um, I went to CHIJ Topayo, mm-hmm. so I'm a convent girl through and through for 10 years. Uh, P- 10 years, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after that... <laughs> math is not your strong Math is not my strong <laughs> Right. Uh, after that, Catholic Junior College and then NTU. Oh, the Paikia JC. Paikia, yeah, no. CJC is the Paikia JC, right? Come on, right? man. Oh, God. That's yeah, the okay. reputation, right? It has a like reputation. Like the Angmo, Arlen, and Arbeng. Angmo, Beng, Angmo, Lian. Yes. I, maybe. I don't know. You're not helping. You're not helping <laughs> no, I'm not helping it. I'm not helping <laughs> No, but I think when I was in CJ, um, perhaps because it's the... I was born in the Year of the Dragon, 1988. Mm-hmm. It's... We, we, there's so many kids born in 1988, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's so competitive. So when I was in CJ, it was not a party school at all. Oh, it was we, we party hard but we work even harder so exam time right like the library the canteen everywhere is filled with people yeah CJ has always been a good school is it? Yeah. I like it I enjoyed my time there yeah. okay and then after that after that was NTU where I studied English Lit and I lived wow. in Hall and for the first time in my life I was exposed to exposed to words like Tui you know, oh, let's go Kyung. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this place? Why are people saying, I've never heard all these words before because I was English, English ed, right? All the way, yeah, yeah, convent school. schools are very English. Very, ed. very English. Missionary right. schools, right? And then but did going you like to NTU. I mean, did you like the whole like Singaporean I felt English? very out of place for a while. Right. For a while, I felt very out of place. And despite the fact that I was in English lit, I was living in Hall. And yeah, the and language you're in hall, English lit already. I was already in English lit, yeah. right? No, but even in hall, like the, the language that I was hearing was completely different. But okay. it was it was enjoyable. I maybe should have been a bit more active in like hall interactive activities. Really? activities. I don't know. But yeah, no, I kinda kept to myself. Yeah. Okay. After that? After that I started um, in my last year of uni, I also started um, Singapore Repertory Theatre's Young Company, uh, training oh. under Daniel Jenkins. So I graduated from both so SRT and uni at the same time. And that was also why... Also, you were training in... Yeah, I was training oh, in theatre. How a lot of English lead students do that? Not 
a lot per se. Um, a lot of English lit kids. Um, I, I took a minor in drama and performance, mm-hmm. but a lot of English lit kids go on to do their masters and then teach after that. You know, whether whether or not it's in a secondary school or JC or whatever, but they do end up teaching. For me, so I, English lit <laughs> is like a teaching so degree. Done. <laughs> yeah, but I was kind of done. I mean, you read your whole life, right? So I was reading. I, I did lit in in secondary school. You're still reading scripts now, you know. I that, still right? read scripts now. <laughs> I did pure lit in uh, in sec three and sec four. I did lit in JC, and then I did lit in in oh. university as well. So I was reading a lot, and then not all the time do you do you get to read something that you actually enjoy. And I, oh, yeah, I, I, I kind of hit my limit, lah. You know, so that's why my final year paper was like Harry Potter, man. I'm not reading anymore. I've read all of Harry Potter. <laughs> so your final year paper was about Harry Potter. Ten thousand words. And you got a a B. <laughs> I wish I got an A, but I got. A B. I'm sure if you don't write about Harry Potter, you have gotten an A. You don't know that. I don't know. I think like if I was I, a I lecturer like and I look at it and it's out. about Harry Potter, I'm gonna give it. I'm not gonna give it an A immediately. English lit. There's just no, you know, oh. like weight to it. Like no Harry weight? Potter. Excuse me. Okay, now so I'm gonna sit up. Explain this to you. Okay. <laughs> we had Harry this fight Potter. before, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter to me is is a turning point in literature because oh. it is exemplary of crossover lit. This is what my, my thesis Twilight? was about. Twilight <laughs> is a mistake that should oh, not have been written. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Okay. No, but you so, there's no good, comparison to Harry Potter, fans Harry and all my Potter is fans up there, okay? Yeah, Harry yeah, Potter is no, up I, there. I do Twilight, agree, I do agree. Sorry. I, I, did read, I, I read half a book of Harry Potter, which is more half than the book. movies I could go to. You should through, be ashamed right? of yourself. No, I can't. It's just not for me. Okay, when yeah. your kids get old enough, sit them down, read. Try that. Maybe I'll try. I'll try. Try that. I'll I send. Try. I send the care I'll package try. to you. So you started studying English lit mm. really early, and then you you say you did stage work yeah. and stuff, right? Minor in act, acting, mm. drama and performance. Drama and performance. So yeah. did you already know you wanted to be an actor? Or? I think I did. My friends from JC and all that, they say. They do tell me, you know, I'm so proud of you because you, you've done what you said you wanted to do. I don't really remember saying that back in JC, but I, I feel like I must have at some point. Right. I knew that... So you're that, kind of pursuing it when you're in JC. Yeah, right? I was in drama in JC and I, I knew that when I started JC, I was I had like a bit of a minor teenage epiphany. Like you wanted to be in Twilight. No. <laughs> no. So in, in secondary school, I was very much the wallflower and I was really afraid of um of doing what I enjoyed doing because then Which I wouldn't acting. be popular, you know? Like in secondary school, okay, let me, let me explain. Yeah, yeah, let yeah. me explain. Yeah, like in, in secondary school, you know who's popular? The athletes and the yeah, jocks yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. You know, and they get to go for Depend on which CCA is the strongest. That is also school, true. Right. Yeah. I mean they get to go for like events and their trainings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas the, the English lit kids and the drama kids, I mean, it's, nerds, huh? yeah, it's not as popular. And back in JC, I was so preoccupied with that. I don't know why. I was very insecure, very oh. just wanting to fit in all the yeah. time. And when I went to JC, I was like, you know what? I'm done trying to fit in. I'm just going to do what makes me happy. And I did. And I really, really enjoyed myself. So right. I think from JC onwards, I, I pursued drama with a lot more um, passion than I had before. Okay. Yeah. So eventually you graduated and mm-hmm. then how do you break into the industry? I went on this webpage um, that is uh, AADB, which is Asia Actors Database or Actors yeah. Asia Database, Asia Actors, I, I think. I, I was in there before as well. Exactly. And it's a really, great, a really, really great platform to start because they have audition listings and you can create your own profile and put in your own headshots, right. you know, and submit your profile for auditions as well. So I was on that website like every day, just sending in notices for um, 
TV commercials, print advertisement, and I started with that. Back in university, I was also doing events. So I was, um, you know, you know, at St. James and at Zook, sometimes they have the girls who are like, oh, you know, do you want to come try this thing or whatever, whatever. Yeah, I was one of those girls. I hated it, but it was good money. But, okay, you did it for the money. I did it for the money more than anything else. But what, what were your other options then? My options at that point was to give tuition. And I did give tuition. I enjoy teaching. Uh, I did give English tuition. But it's just not as... In terms of the amount of time spent and the amount of returns, mm-hmm. giving events, uh, doing events was a lot easier because mm-hmm. I also had my nights free. Because you're pretty. La. In, in, I have been told. La. <laughs> I just put you in a very weird I have been told. So, okay, so okay, basically you did those like modeling and, mm. and, and stuff like that to support your acting career, yeah. which is just starting. Yeah. So how so how do you get your first like acting thing? It was apart from stage, um, yeah. it was my very first role on TV was something. Oh, so you did stage, you have always yeah. sure with S- I started SRT, with stage right? first. So you yeah, So yeah. you kept on doing stage, right? No. <laughs> Once I started doing TV, I stopped doing stage entirely. Okay. Yeah, which is which is sad because I enjoy theatre a okay. lot. Okay. Um, now, when I think about doing theatre, I think I'm very, very insecure about it. Like, I, I feel like I would have forgotten everything, you know. And then I would get there and be like doing TV acting or something and just like falling completely flat on I, my face. I don't think so, lah. I don't okay, know. But when I, when I tried uh, yeah. theatre, I also had an issue whereby I was, my acting was very small. Yeah. Like, they couldn't see it. Yeah. <clears throat> but... I couldn't do anything that I was uncomfortable with, so right. I kind of found like a middle ground to it. Yeah, that's yeah, But true. I would say it's just two very dif- different disciplines. But if you have done very stage true. before, I think you will kind of remember like how to move. I hope and how so. To, <laughs> I'm sure. You, you should, you should do theatre. I, I, I would like to get back into it someday. Okay. Yeah, but my very first TV role was, I think, a featured extra role. And this TV show featured called... Extra. That's like featured a fancy extra. term for extra. Like, like a senior there, There's no extra. name to my character, uh-huh. but there was a purpose. You know? Oh, wow. Ah, so extra with a purpose. purpose extra with a purpose. Like no name, la, but got purpose. La, you know? extra. Uh, <laughs> it's this TV show called In Cold Blood. So I'm pretty Cold sure... In Cold Blood, that's not that long ago. Is It was about... How, wait, how long now? About six years ago? Six years ago? About five, oh, six years ago? Long? Yeah. So when I was starting out... And that was that was pretty fun. Mm. And then it, it went Channel on from there. Right? Like, Channel 5, yeah. Mm. Okay, so you started from that featured mm. extra role. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, how do you eventually get to where you are? I think I had, like, small little stuff along the way. I had, um, I had, uh, I did one episode, I think, of Code of Law, and then one for Spouse for House. But I might it's be getting sitcom, the timeline right? a bit mixed house. up. Yeah, it's a sitcom um, starring Alaric. Yeah. And... I also did the final one in 2013. So I think if, in, if you want to put it that way, it might have been my big break like, onto primetime TV. Which is TV. for house? No, final one. Uh, which was oh, a singing one. reality yes, contest. you were in final one. Yeah, it was a baptism of fire. It was, it was not even fire. It was like was the nine fire? levels of hell. It was terrifying. Like so you basically are a talent competition 
like host. actor host. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was hosting uh, the final one um, for a while by myself, and then with Mike Kasem. Right. And it was it was a really scary experience. It was scary, but very very educational. So I had like a year monitor, and yeah. my producer That's actually really hard, you know. screaming. I know yeah. it's harder than it looks. You know, when someone is, is trying to harder. talk to you, and you have to deliver Even with the lines. The Chinese, like the Chinese variety. I can side, imagine. Right? There are only a few selected hosts that can do it, yeah. and then usually you co-host with someone, right? Yeah. So like, <clears throat> one of them will be the one with the, mm-hmm. the, the the headphone, like the ear earphone. Yeah. And the person is the one that's controlling the timing, and the other yeah. one is just the ha 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 guy usually. <laughs> and it's I, 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 it's actually really difficult. They usually don't let like the newbie do it right. immediately. So yeah. you're kind of thrown into the fire. Kind of it. thrown into it, right into okay. it. And I had to. I learn wonder Mike has been around for. Has been Mike, yeah, I mean, Mike has had, you know, is having a very illustrious career, and he's had a lot of experience, right? Mm-hmm. So he was when he came onto the show, I was relieved. Okay. I was like, oh my god, finally you got someone else to to help me along. Right. And that you know? was your like first proper hosting. Yeah. Movie. And live they, and they made you do that yeah oh. which I'm very thankful for okay. right now because now it's like yeah okay throw it at me man. Like, what, what else could go wrong that's true <laughs> yeah that's true. so it was it was a good experience to have okay so that's when people started to know who you yeah. were and then you started getting like bad, bigger roles yeah not featured extras anymore not featured extras anymore <laughs> but it was, it was it was good so from final one um, the very next year in 2014 I did Marco Polo season yes. one that was that's a 2014, small right? huh? 2014 2014 right? yeah oh, that's just two years three years ago yeah and then mm. season one of that and then um, 2015 was Lion Mums season one and 2016 I did PI and 2017 I did Lion Mums okay. season two yeah I got like one major project yet, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So you're being paid a lot. No, I supplement <laughs> my income with hosting. So right. I do live events. Mm-hmm. I do, um, you know, TV show hosting. I did Fox Sports for a little while, um, Super Sports 360. So uh, hosting, presenting for sports. What, what would you say? This is probably the the, the norm for most. Um, actors. Actors in Singapore mm-hmm. at this point, right? Like they yeah. do emceeing, hosting. Mm-hmm. And then they do acting or theatre yeah. like, to support that career. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then we have the Mediacorp people, which is me, <laughs> which we are able to do it full-time, but yeah. we are doing it... Um, the main bulk of our projects are for mm. Channel 8. Yeah. Right. Uh, I see. Slightly different paths. La. Yeah, slightly different the same path. end, I think, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if it's the if, same if, end. You look, if, the, if the end goal is happiness and enough money to feed yourself and clothe yourself and, you yeah. know, stay safe, yeah. yeah. But would you, like, uh, would you like a career where you don't have to host at all or you actually enjoy it? I would enjoy that. Huh? I really, really enjoy would enjoy that. that. Right? My managers would so be, unha- it would be so unhappy to No, but this. if you're making that much from acting, then they wouldn't care. It would be really great. Yeah, it, would be really great. <laughs> it would be really great if I yeah. didn't have to host. Um, no, but, but imagine you have to do Lion Mom yeah. season two back to back four four seasons a I know. year. I know. You wouldn't I, be happy. I think I would be so burnt yeah, out. Yeah, you wouldn't be so. Yeah, be even happy. even season two was five months long, and I didn't do any other project yeah, besides couldn't. that. And I was going a bit crazy towards the end, right? With you, yeah. The director's so. nodding at the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was going yeah. a bit so crazy as well. Like you can't do other stuff on the side. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So when you first started, right? Were you? How your income were mainly from um, TV commercials, TV commercials, print advertisements. So like yeah. models, modeling, modeling, and then slowly into acting, and then mm. hosting and acting. Yeah, interesting. So my advice for anyone who wants to pursue acting full time in Singapore, you yeah. gotta love it. 
you have to love it. Because you will sacrifice pieces of your soul for it sometimes. I think that's you know? true for every industry though, I have to say. Right? Yeah, it's true. But I, I, I do feel like sometimes Singaporeans can be a very pragmatic bunch. Like we're we very, very, very practical pragmatic. people. We know, and it, it kind of can't be helped, right? Because we know how much everything costs here. And so we have to make practical, realistic decisions. Possibly being an actor is not the most practical decision in the scheme of things, but if it makes you happy, you've got to make sure it makes you 100% happy and that you really enjoy doing it because you have to find ways to supplement it. I have to say it's a really enjoyable career path, though. I do it's like so it. It's so fun, right? Yeah. I mean, even if, like, yeah, I mean, hosting and stuff, you're still meeting people you are. and then you are still, like, exposed to different things. And every day on, on set is different. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I, I think you can't... I wouldn't say acting is not a practical mm. choice, in, especially in Singapore. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like, we had Sheila Sim, mm. uh, the model, on. She, was on, she was on our show last week, right? Okay. And she was saying that uh, when she was in Hong Kong, right, the, the artists have to... I mean, actors, they have to sacrifice like, all their private lives because they have paparazzi and oh, everything. But in Singapore, we actually don't have I'm that. I'm very grateful for that. And for that, yeah. I actually think it's actually a very practical mm. career choice in Singapore. Mm. You know, like, you actually get to earn decent money, meet good people, yeah. you know, and then still have a relatively normal life. I'm yeah. quite thankful for that, actually. Yeah. It's also great that it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know, the fact that our industry is so small. Because on the one hand, it's like, yeah, you know, we don't really have the paparazzi to deal with and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which is great. On, on the flip side, it's so small. It's small, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, like you can't go like, there's not like much multi-million room for air. There isn't like yeah. a multi-million air. Yeah, and we had that talk before about scalability, right? Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the scalability how, is not high. Yeah. But, you know, if you do... Like if you are like Sun Yanzi or like JJ Lin, mm. and then you eventually make it to the international stage, you can always come back here. Yeah, you know, like for three months a year or six <laughs> months a year, and you can live like a, a sort of like a normal human being. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I think that's quite, quite cool. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about Marco Polo. Mm. Right. So you've been doing local productions for a while, and then mm-hmm. eventually Marco Polo came yeah. along. How did you like land that that role? Um, I was the wife of the the wife of the, the crown prince, prince. The crown prince. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was through Fly. Um, we had an audition call, and so we sent in our tapes. And I read for three characters, mm-hmm. and then we had a callback, and that was like, yay, cool callback. And eventually, it got. So you read for what three characters? Yeah, three three characters. Okay. Um, Kutulun. Uh, none of the uh, none of them are the character I eventually got. So okay. <laughs> I read Kutulun, I read Kukachin, and I think I read somebody else, but I can't remember who. Okay. But yeah, so I read for those characters, and then I got the call, and I, you know, they said like, you know, we would we would be really pleased if you would, you know, join us and all that. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. So oh, yeah. Yeah, you do look quite Mongolian actually. Oh, right? thanks. You can find. Thank you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> you try. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can pass off as a Mongolian. But it was it was a really cool experience. Um, tell not us, only, tell us what was it like. Not only was it a multinational cast, mm-hmm. I was working with a lot of veterans. So I had scenes with Joan Chen, I had scenes with wow. Benedict Wong. Wow. It's like, you know, and it, even even when the cameras are not rolling, that, I think that's the most important point. Right. Like when the cameras are not rolling, you get to talk to them one on one. That's like, yeah, you know, this is someone set, who has yeah. like lived, breathed, has had years of experience. Yeah, so it was it was really beneficial. Um, my husband in the show was Remy He. Yeah, he's Australian. Good looking guy. Yeah, so good looking. Right, I know. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that was fun, and he's a lot of fun to work with, and very professional and all that. Yeah. Right. So, what was the set like? The set was yeah. incredible. Humongous. 
you were, you, uh, it was shot in uh, Eskanda and JB, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Pinewood Studios. Pinewood right? Studios, yeah. Right. How was it like? It was I've, I've never been on an international set before. I've never. I really want to. That, it, it, it kind of opens your eyes. I think at that point, uh, before doing Marco Polo, I was still very much like, it's okay, I'll be a big fish in a small pond. I'll get there eventually. Singapore, yeah, fucking, I'll dominate it, you know? But once I got to Marco Polo, I was like, oh my god. There is a world out there. There are so many. These people are from all the acting industries in their respective countries. And they've all come together. And it's so, the game is so much bigger. The playing stage is so much bigger. We, you know, we have green screens in Singapore. They have a green wall. Yeah, you know, that is like the size of a building. It's a green wall. And the graphics and the extras and the costume down to the set design. And, you know, right before camera rolls, um, you still see people like tweaking up the paint. And wow. everyone is so committed to their job. How many people are job. on set at any point of time? It seems at easily like 100 people are on set at <sighs> any time. At any time. And you have your, your dressing rooms, which is a side. And they bring you from the dressing room via those little golf carts to right. the set. Right. And so it's really yeah. like a like a movie studio, like Pinewoods yeah. over there is like a movie studio. Exactly. So you have trailers, like rooms. Yeah. So every um, artist have their own. We for house. the dressing room area, it's like within the building where the main hair and makeup is. Mm. So I think for that space, it's mo- mostly the speaking cast. Um, they right. do have um, these separate trailers that are fully furnished with like a sofa, a carpet, a right. fridge, everything that you could possibly need. Um, that's for the supporting actors and right. things like that. So that was that was right. pretty cool. Yeah, I took a picture of it. My God, dressing room with my name How many days and my character's name. How many? Oh wow! Cool. Yeah. How many days were you shooting? I think in total probably under twenty days. Twenty days. Yeah, but I was coming back and forth between JB and Singapore. So when I had to spend the night, oh, they put me up in a spend. hotel. Oh, the, oh, it's a hotel. Yeah. Very well, hotel. Wow. Okay. So I have one question. Yes. Do you think it is necessary to spend so much money to shoot a production like that? So. Mm, okay. Yeah. The difficult part about shooting Marco Polo, I think, is the landscape and the time that you're shooting in. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's a period drama, it's going to cost more because yes, you have to sure. outfit everyone you have to make sure that you get the graphics right that you get the you know the set design right and time appropriate right mm-hmm. so yes in that way it would definitely cost more and you definitely have to spend that kind of money so it's definitely necessary like yeah for a period yeah. drama I would say so for anything else I think it's not so much about money it's about getting the right people for the job you know, and being able to network and source for whatever you need. So it is very possible to put on a low quality, uh, not low quality, a low cost, high quality production, and, you know, and, and have it go on, on air, on toggle, on YouTube. It's not an issue. It's just about finding the right people, you know, and making sure that you have what's available to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I can't wait to be on a set like that. <laughs> Are you sure you can come back and, and like do local work after that? Because I, I can, had, I can. Admittedly, I had a bit of a shift coming back. Like I have to like recalibrate my brain, you know. How so? Because at that point, I was like, I have a dressing room. You're not room. being paid a lot more, though, are you? Were you over there? Yeah. I was. I was. So everything was skilled accordingly. Everyone was yeah. skilled accordingly, and and coming back, it was like, 
You go from a dressing room and someone who comes in to give you your costume. You stand there with your arms stretched out and they dress no, you. Is it necessary you know? <laughs> though? Is it necessary though? Well, if, look, the costume okay, was yes, a bit complicated. Good. Good. So that one was, was important. <clears throat> oh, you know, they help okay, you tie okay, it and I make see. sure that it's sitting on straight and things mm. like that. And I hit pieces and, mm. and all that stuff as well. But I had to come back from that to a local production where, okay, guys, um, you, you can put your stuff down there yeah. and then if there is a seat, you can sit down and if not, Humbling you know, experience. just try to make yourself comfortable. So I, had, I did have to recalibrate and be like, okay, this is a different set, this is a different project, you know, leave that experience where it was, come back down to us. Yeah. <clears throat> there was a little bit of I that. don't think I'll have an issue though. Okay. Yeah, because I, I worked in the worst kind of projects. <laughs> and I worked in projects yeah, you know, yeah. that has more people in it, that pays better, that has you know, better wardrobe, better mm. welfare. But I think there is value in like local storytelling, right? And then, yeah, but I would definitely, I have to experience it to say so. You know, yeah. I might be like, no way, I'm not doing local <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, like you're but, done. Yeah, but I don't think so. Like, I don't think so. Anyways, we can watch uh, Marco Polo on Netflix, Netflix right? It's mm-hmm. still on. But they are stopping it at season two, right? Yes. The first season was relatively well received, right? If I was not wrong. I'm not sure. I think the general audience liked it. I don't think the critics liked it that much. But it was interesting to see the insight of the white man into Asia. Right, and mm. you get to see what's on the Chinese side of things, what's on the Mongolia side of things, mm. and poor Marco is, you know, like, oh wow, everything is new, and the, the customs are completely different, and it's his point of view that leads into I, it. I, I kind of like it in a way that I've watched quite a few, um, like, Western take on like Asian stories, mm. and especially the wuxia genre. Oh yeah, and they are usually quite like unbearable. Sometimes even the. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the second one that Netflix did, was yeah. quite unbearable. Oh, yeah? In, certain, did you watch it? I don't remember it. Did you watch it? It's... Yeah, yeah it's Ryan Wu-Ping. It was not, it's not, uh, it's not Ang Lee anymore. Right. Ryan Wu-Ping. So it was beautifully shot. Right. But it just felt wrong. Like, okay. the language felt wrong. But in Marco Polo, somehow, it, it, I found that it worked. I, I like, found I, I season two's it. language a lot better. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought yeah. season one sounded a bit stilted. Because for the first episode, I have to admit it, it was still a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But as the story went on, like as I went sense. on to the second episode, mm. I, I didn't it didn't bother me anymore. Okay. And I think everybody had like comfortable English. I didn't. Right. Yeah. Chinha had a really American English, but other than that, everybody was. I thought it was. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. the first season. Quite. We we had um, these uh, coaches who tried to get everyone to neutral. As oh, really? much, yeah, there is a so script supervisor, there is a, a dialect coach who is available, and they, they try to get you to, everyone to, to neutral as oh, far as possible, because you, you do have accents from everywhere. Yeah. The beauty of budget. I know. So, okay, <laughs> there was one, like, um, I remember someone telling me that mm. they had an issue with the whole take of this, like, uh, Asian woman like a lot of Asian women nude and then like the, yeah. like falling over oh, absolutely. Caucasian man and stuff like that. Do you find that an issue though? For in Marco Polo yeah. or in, in Marco general? Polo. In Marco Polo, there was a little bit, I think, of the Western gaze on Asian women. So there is that, that element of exoticize, you know, and, and f- almost fe- fetishistic, feti- how do you say it? 
fetishistic. A little bit of that gaze, okay. you know. Um, like the, that perspective of like in Asian, that perspective. Mongolian Asian women. Yeah, exactly. But in... I guess the argument could be made that it is necessary for that time because when those scenes were shot, it was a harem, right? Yeah. It's everyone and is in that room that having is, sex. There so. is a lot of um, like Chinese show, like Hong yeah. Kong show and um, like Chinese uh-huh. movies that showcases the same thing. Yeah. So okay, I don't know how historically accurate it is, but it, it I, when I watched it, it didn't it didn't hit me like It just right. felt like it was how. It, Things were then yeah. more than it was a uh, like the perspective from a Caucasian yeah. point. Of view. I I think that's fair yeah. to say yeah. yeah, but like you didn't have to do any nudity in the show. Right? I had partial, not full nudity. What's partial nudity? Partial nudity means there's a lot of skin. It's just not the important parts. Right. Hey. Yeah, how so. do you, like how did how did they like approach you with that though? Like oh no, so yeah. we have this. Um, how we do have you do this contract. professionally? I think. And we also have a nudity rider. So the nudity rider will tell you what what the actor agrees to do. So in my rider, it stated that I would not do topless and that I could do back and butt, but like no topless or full frontal nudity. So they would come to an agreement about it between the the actor and the company. We have it in black and white. And then on the day itself, when you have to do that scene, they bring you different safety options. For me, for me, generally, this is I bring so my own. I need to know yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> for me, yeah. uh, I personally tend to bring my own like safety gear to set. What like, is safety I'll, gear? Can be more like, for a girl. Thing. For a girl, yeah. we bring nipple tape. We bring thongs. We bring you know whatever else that we need to Thong keep everything ni- covered, tucked, you know, yeah. and okay. and safe. Um, <laughs> on the day itself, in in Pinewood, we had. They had different thongs. They had like flesh-colored underwear. So like they these provide short, that as well. They did provide it, and for me, it was a bit, a bit different because I have a tattoo that needed covering. Oh. So first, we covered the tattoo, but it's still visible on camera because they shoot it on such high-resolution cameras, right? So it's still sort of visible. This texture there right, yeah. and all of that. So I had this little sheer drape over, along with the nipple tape, oh. and they were so professional about it. Not only was Remy very, very professional, everyone around, it was a close set, and the second the camera is cut, like they call cut, this lady would run over with like this Arctic oh. sarong to cover me. Wow. Yeah, so it was really, but did you they feel clear really the set, taken care like, um, They cleared the set. They, so they how did. many people were on set? Uh, I would say an estimate of about five other people, apart from... Uh, oh, that's a very small crew yeah. already. For, yeah, so they for try them. to keep it as as small as comfortable possible. Comfortable as possible. Yeah, and as comfortable for everybody wow, as possible. Oh, that's very professional. Yeah, because so you're already have... in such a vulnerable state, right? So yeah. they do try to make you yeah. feel as safe. How about for guys, though? For guys, Remy, they have a Remy? sock. <laughs> I believe they, they have a sock. sock. Yeah, yeah, so he had, what I think... you believe you were there? You could well, see. I wasn't looking. <laughs> It's like, yeah. what are you wearing? <laughs> do that. So was it awkward? Like, oh, hey, hey. Like, uh, I'm sorry. sure he has done it before though, right? Um, no, but we, he did when, when it was my first day in Pinewood and I went in for the hair and makeup test. He did make it a point to come over to uh, my room himself. and say hello. And it's like, oh, I'll be playing your husband. And, you know, so, so, you know, what do you do? Like, you know, where are you from? And all that kind of stuff. So he right. was very friendly from the start and very professional about it. And it was important to do because we were playing husband and wife. 
right? So that kind of chemistry was, was, was important. I mean, that scene was... It was one scene, I only remember. Uh, there were two slightly addressed scenes. <laughs> slightly undressed. I love it that I'm actually getting you yeah. into like a awkward... <laughs> which is very difficult to do for you, actually. A little bit. <laughs> there was, yeah, slightly undressed. But um, yeah. No, the reason I chose not to do full frontal mm-hmm. and topless nudity... But did they that, uh, request that you do like full no, frontal? No, they never push. They, 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 asked, they I mean, never did, pushed did me. Go, I mean, how did they offer you the role? What did they say? In the they place? did say that um, this role will require some nudity because okay. there are certain scenes that are written, but don't worry, we can work around it. Tell us what you're comfortable with. So they were right. very understanding from but the But there staff. were some roles where but I'm sure you couldn't run away from nudity, right? I'm sure there... Because some of the roles, they were like... Yeah, no, in, in <laughs> it the... It was like nude for like 50% or something. I know, right? No, but there are, there are some roles where nudity is essential. And yeah. I personally, I, I don't know if I'm going to be so comfortable doing it yet. So if they offered you the role... If with nudity, it would but really depend. But those, some of those roles are really heavy and yeah. career-changing roles. I know. You know? See, what that's you, the thing. What you, will you do, though? You, you gotta, you gotta weigh it, right? And it's, it's kind of tough. So I, I remember thinking back then that, ah, oh, this is, this is potentially for Netflix, right? And it's a, it's a huge international project. And then yeah. should I, should I do that? But my, what stopped me was the fact that I'm still working and living in Singapore, and a very. Uh, somewhat conservative society. I'm pretty sure my father would not be happy. I'm pretty sure my brother would not be happy. My brother's friends would be like, So if you were, okay, (laughs) let's say if we strip away all the society and like friends and family, personally, would you be able to do it though? I don't know. I don't know. As a Singaporean girl. I've thought about it. I know. But eventually, okay, let's say eventually Mm. you're in Hollywood and you have a career there. Let's say you're even based there. You hardly even come back to Singapore. Were you? I mean, it is sort of the norm there. I, I would know. say not really, but it is not uncommon. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm quite liberal. Mm, I think um, you are. But I don't know. I, I, I think I would still be very embarrassed about and very shy about the whole thing, you know. I might get there and But be you're like, not pushing it away no, like, say, like, oh, no way, I'm never going to do it. Like, it's just saying yeah. that like, at I, this point... Maybe emotionally not, not quite there yet. You know, like mentally so not quite... Yeah, it's a role. You know, you know who was really like that? Esther. Right. who plays Serafina and right. Lion Moms, she was so calm and she was so zen about the whole thing. I remember meeting her at, um, along the corridor in the, dress, in the dressing room area yeah. and she was like, yeah, you know, well, it's, it's just a role, right? When I asked her, so you're doing that scene today? And she's like, yeah, but it, it's just a scene, you know? And it makes sense for the character, so it's fine. And she was so calm and she was so... I say it's like Singaporean, yeah. Singaporean as well. Born she and is. bred here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. She was amazing. She really was. Ah, she was really good in the show. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got the nudity aside. Yeah. Oh, were you dating then? Hmm? Were you dating? You mm-hmm. had a boyfriend then, right? So I what did. did your boyfriend say? He was... Not happy, I'm sure. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy. I have a hard time with that, honestly. Yeah? No, because I have... My, my wife's an actress too, right? Yeah. So my issue is that... Um, Okay, so I've, there's this conflict of mm. interest, right? So I actually have an actress, like a few actress friends who came to talk to me, like say, like, you know, they have this, it's not even like nudity, it was like kissing, yeah. like making out scene right. and all. And, and um, 
they're saying like they're not comfortable. We have actresses that do not kiss. It's in their contract that they don't like mouth-to-mouth kissing. Wow. Yeah, we okay. have that. And then some of them, it's not in the contract, but it's known, like the people mm, who work known they, that it's known that they yeah. don't do it. And some of them, they are also struggling with it. Like, you know, they sometimes feel it's, they should do it, but they are not fully comfortable oh, with yeah. it. Then. So they came to ask me, and, and I was very blatant. I was like, as an actor, I think it's completely necessary mm-hmm. because like kissing is such a, like a daily life thing. It's a, it's a very normal part. It's of a life. very normal part. But I thought, but if it's my wife, I'll say like I would, ra- I would rather she doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I. It's not like no, I'll kill you for it. Yeah. But it's like I'd rather <clears throat> you not like kiss random dudes. You know. Yeah. Um. So there is a conflict. But I would say, for acting, it's kind of. It's kind of hard not to though. It I mean, is. okay, kissing and then eventually even nudity for some roles, I find it necessary. It's hard to know? run away from yeah, some because of it's, the roles. it's uh, expression of our lives, yeah. right? And it happens in our lives so much, mm-hmm. especially intimate moments. And you know, you go into a movie scene and then there are lovers and then there are, and then they are talking about the girl is like grabbing the blanket. Yeah, like, you, you know, it just I like, feels like completely yeah, unnatural. You know what I really enjoy is when when there's a scene of like the couple talking in bed. Yeah. Somehow the guy is always covered here, like below the belly button, yeah. and the girl is always covered up here. Yeah. Like it's it just wet. draws you like, out. How come yeah. this blanket is always singing at one side? Yeah. <laughs> you're like seated like with your legs up and your dick like hanging. <laughs> it's usually like that, and then the girl is like scratching her armpit or something. Yeah, right? I think that's how like a I like know. a long couple will be, and there are like films like that, and it just feels completely. It's it's so natural. It's beautiful, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful And I I, I mean I would I would do it I would I, I'm not sure about Full frontal at this point <laughs> But I, I think if The right project I'm not even I yeah. might I might do it as well yeah. I don't think my wife Is gonna mind She's gonna mind Yeah so we're talking About your boyfriend <laughs> So Your boyfriend okay. right? So uh-huh. you, were, you had a boyfriend then right? Yes So were they were, How did he React uh, to that? Did he I know was... Do you keep him Like in, in no, Updated all the time I am pr- Let me no, like, when, hey, I filmed, this scene. when I filmed one of the scenes, <laughs> yeah. he was waiting for me in the dressing room because he had come up to visit me in JB and he was waiting for me to be done with the scene so we could go back to, to the room together. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. For, the, for a major part of my... Since I started acting in my career, I was lucky enough to date Andrew, uh, Andrew Loire, who yeah. is also an actor. Yeah. And the fact that he is an he's actor... He's doing a toggle. He's doing a toggle show right now, yeah. And the fact that he's an actor was, was, was a godsend because he understands. He understands what actors do. He understands that it's a part of telling a story, you know, and it's a natural part. Personally, I think doing kissing scenes, doing nude scenes, whatever it is, it's a personal choice. You can decide whether or not you, you want to do it um, and you can decide whether you are, you know, n- completely against it, and you're like, no, it's yeah. not for me, and I can't do it because yeah. it's too, it's too intimate, it's too yeah. personal, and it's not for me. But I don't think anyone should have the right to tell you no. You know, someone yes, that you're dating, has the right to tell you, like, yeah, no, but someone but they... you're dating cannot enforce that on you. So I was very lucky that nobody he put he never put me in the position where I felt like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. You know, maybe he would be unhappy with me. Maybe he would, you know. Whatever, but he he was never like that. So he was very supportive. But do you feel like he was uncomfortable with it, though? Yeah, it, <laughs> there there are there are certain coping mechanisms that I began to to spot after what? some oh, time. Oh, like okay. Yeah, because it, Marco Polo was was a bit more extreme, But the rest of the shows that I've done have involved some kissing scenes. Mm-hmm. So I have done it for for camera quite quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Huh, that sounds terrible. Done it for camera. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm just gonna use that for the trailer. 
<laughs> but I have. Uh, every time it comes up, I, we do talk about it, right. and we do. I do tell him that okay, so this right. is the story, and likely this will be the actor that I have to kiss or whatever. And like before, like, like inform before, before is always the right inform way. Inform right? beforehand, definitely beforehand. <laughs> yeah. You know, let them let them get used to the idea. And can oh, you ever though? I know, and I voice. I don't keep secrets, so that's yeah. I think. The most important part about making any relationship work is that you don't keep secrets. Yeah. So you get everything out in the open, and you would be like, "Oh, you know, this was this is what happened on set today, and it was weird, but it was okay, and it just it passed." And you have, and I think for most actors who do like kissing scenes and all that, it's so compartmentalized. You know, there is nothing romantic about a kiss on set. I think that's a common misconception I that people would have. Actually, disagree with that. Really? Uh, I, I feel like I it's, feel like it's it's something that actors like used to stay to feel safe. Uh huh. But let's say, like, you're an actor, you know, right? Like, when you are, if you're playing, mm. like, a couple, or mm-hmm. you're playing, like, a story where you're in love, or, mm-hmm. you know, passionate, and all, yeah. there is a certain part of, I mean, all our training tells us that we have to believe in the moment, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And have to be in the zone, and we have to believe everything that's happening is completely real. Yeah. So, when you're doing a kissing scene, or, like, a passionate love-making scene, for example, mm-hmm. how, how come the, those rules doesn't work anymore it's like oh no no it's just acting no it's not it's not at that point of time it's real right at the I mean, point of time it's at real at the point of time it's real okay yeah. maybe there's no penetration maybe there's <laughs> no you know maybe there's not not a real sex but yeah. the kissing and the, the touching it has to be real right and I've kissed like actresses and, and felt in love before at that moment you wow. know at the point when we cut and then I'm like okay okay you know, it's okay, okay. To, not real not real yeah, okay, okay, okay yeah. I, I need to I need to I need to get back get you know out. like let's not talk to her for a while and you know let's get back into like my neutral zone but yeah. I find it is a, it's a defense mechanism for actors to say oh it was acting it was nothing because I, I don't believe in that I believe it's so easy to fall into yeah. um, I mean I, 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 my wife was an actress <laughs> and we kind of got together um, after we did a drama together as a couple Right. so I would be lying completely if I said I wasn't flirting with her while we were right. shooting that you know and I would if I didn't have any emotions mm. um, when we were, we definitely did and it, a, a certain part of that definitely did came from the roles that we were playing right. and that happens I mean I've, many times I've felt stuff for my co-actress but it's about learning how to like okay you know up. like okay you know like mm. okay let's not go further you know and 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 oh do I really like her for who she is or do I really like yeah. her because of the role that she's yeah. in yeah. and I think I don't think we should keep saying that like oh no 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 it's just acting there, there is something more. and the, the, the performance will be bad like if you were making out with a guy and you're like okay okay I just need to like do this physically no you no no, no. Right? okay yeah. okay okay this is how I see it alright okay when, <laughs> when I do kissing scenes mm-hmm. My eyes are always shut, and there is a reason. For me, okay, it's not that it's not that I kiss my partners with eyes open and all that. That's a, that's a bit weird, you know. You don't have your eyes like, yeah, uh-huh. you're not like that. But when 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 you are with your partner in in a private intimate moment, I personally, for me, I do sometimes open my eyes because you you want to appreciate them yeah, you're looking at sure. them yeah. you know and there is there is so much more emotion in that in that moment yeah. for tv when i do it on like when you do kissing scenes on camera and everything like that it's it's going through the motions and there is a sort of muscle memory there is sense memory there yes you know you keep your eyes shut and you remember what it's like to kiss someone and you lean into the kiss you enjoy the kiss for what that moment is but there is no emotional intimacy for me, personally, okay. in that moment. So, so my, it's easy to My separate. question is that, have mm. you ever kissed anyone that... Okay, does it make a difference if mm. you kiss someone that you like 
and do someone that you don't like. Yes, there is. <laughs> Let me. Yeah. So I, I, I have been very lucky. For most of my kissing scenes, it's always with other actors who I really enjoy their company. We're friends in real Thank life. You. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, you enjoy the company. You at least like them as a friend. Yeah. I did have really? a couple that would. Not so much, and I did not. I did not enjoy their company as much as I would have. You didn't enjoyed. like them as human beings. I didn't like them as human beings. Yeah. Yes. So that one, just close your eyes, get it over and done with, and the end. Yeah. Right. So you just want it to be over as quickly mm. as possible. I have heard stories where people use that kind of animosity and that kind of like, oh my god, I can't stand this person. Use it as passion. Right. Have you heard those stories before? Like I've I've, I've, I've read like <laughs> I've read like case studies of actors who can't stand each other, oh, and then they I've have to do like a kissing scene or a sex scene, and yeah. the hatred comes out as passion. I, I the actually, beauty of the edit. I actually it. read that um, Ryan Gosling mm. hated like Rachel McAdams when they did the Notebook. No way. Yeah, I actually read. That. I'm not sure how true that is. Wow. But, but if that was true. That's the best acting of all time. It just doesn't matter. Like, if you like the person or not, you can make the best romantic, like yeah. romantic show ever. You know, thank goodness for people who do like the the color grading, uh, the colorists, yeah. the 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 composers, the people the who underscore the stuff, whole movie, right? the editors and everything. They make us all look really good. If they are good, <laughs> if they are good, they make us look that really is true. good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. true. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for Marco Polo. Let's talk about Lion Mums. Okay. It's got a bit of time, right? Hey, what time do you have to go? I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Lion let's Mums. talk about Lion Mums. Oh. So you just finished... We just, we just finished Lion Mums season two. Yeah. Uh, that was different from Marco Polo, for sure. Absolutely different. So it's a very, it's a very local, standard local kind of production, I would yeah. say. Uh, so what, what was your experience like? It was exhausting. Five months. Um, we did almost uh, more than twice as many episodes as we had last season. Mm-hmm. In season one, we had 12. This time around, we had 30. 30 episodes um, and, and two teams running at the same time because we had a short time to film, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to get everything done. So two, there, were, there were certain days where we crossed sets. Like, so we go from team A to team B halfway through the day and then maybe come back to team A or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very long so days. So multiple okay, for, for the people who doesn't know, sometimes when you shoot like a TV drama, you don't just have like one director and one production crew. Sometimes you can have two teams, three teams, so that uh, you can simultaneously uh, shoot two or three storylines in the same day at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Continue. so that was tiring. That was very tiring. But you do know that you, like, it's 30 episodes, right? Mm. So it's, it's a long project. It's the longest one I've ever done. Yeah. yeah, but technically you have four storylines, right? Yeah. So it's not the worst. So if one day if you pick out a role whereby, like let's say there's one storyline and mm-hmm. you are the leading lady in it and you do 30 episodes in five months, what's going to happen? <laughs> Hopefully what will happen then is that we'll look back on this Live mom's experience and be like, okay, I can handle this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I can handle this. I would try to find sleep at some point. I, I hear like a lot of actors have it a lot more difficult in other countries. Like that those that sleep in their trailers outside the studio mm. for like two hours at a time and then they go back in and change their hair, makeup and they work again. Usually that don't happen in the West though. Uh, I don't think it happens sure. in the West. I think it happens in, in Asia. Yeah. So like I mean, it maybe in Korea, in Singapore, Taiwan. In Malaysia, yeah. In uh, okay, not so much in Singapore anymore, <coughs> thankfully. It still happens in Malaysia, it happens in Hong Kong, it happens mm. in China, it happens in Taiwan for sure. Yeah. And 
yeah, where you don't really have unions and, and you know, like labor laws that are not so strongly uh -huh. enforced. Uh, um, I personally think that I'm quite proud of like the Singapore market because initially there were, you know, like 10, 20 years ago, okay, yeah. 20 years ago, there were like, you know, you sleep for two hours and then you shoot. Yeah. And you sleep for two hours and you shoot and consecutively for weeks, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the actors have fallen sick and stuff like that. Yeah. But recently, I think we have kind of gotten more humane. We have. We, there's still a, a, a way to go. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. still exhausting, but still exhausting. I, I think people are working yeah. harder and harder to ensure that everyone gets enough rest and everyone, yeah. you know, can at least go home and maybe see their family for I a think, couple hours. I think there's this, like, maturity in our mindset that, mm. like, having, like, good rest and coming on set and, you know, making the most out of the hours is more important yeah. than extending the hours. Yeah. I think it's the overall... Um, like how we are maturing as a country. It's true. Yeah, I think it's that more than anything else. Even in Taiwan, I met like a few directors. They are mm. directing movies, and they are they are telling me that they are not working for more than like eight hours a day, ten wow. hours a day. And these are the same directors that have done like twenty hour shoot, twenty four hour shoots. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it I can tell that difference. they have like matured, like their mindset have matured, yeah. and maybe like their expectation of their projects have increased, and they realize that the only way to get to that level is that everybody's well rested and yeah. and willing. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully we'll get there where like the sleep deprivation get... is it's madness. Worst. It's just madness. I've done three, four hours a night for like like two weeks straight. Yeah, without an off day, and oh it's just it, there, there. There comes a point in the day when your brain just stops working. So the the there is a point uh, of. LDMR, Law of Diminishing Marginal Returns, that happens. If you do more than five takes, sometimes the performance starts to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Most of the time. Most of the Most time, of because the you time. start overthinking it and you start yeah. being really conscious of that Usually point. Usually when people up. like go into five, more than five takes, there are two reasons. One, they can't really get their lines. Mm. Like either they don't they memorize it or they're having a lot of difficulty, which they didn't solve beforehand, which should mm -hmm. be solved beforehand. Uh, the second reason is that someone is trying to micromanage them. Usually, I realize is these are the two main reasons. If you take these two things out, yeah. usually you won't go more than five ticks or yeah. Yeah, six ticks. Yeah, sometimes it also it's... Um, I think for Lion Moms, we had a lot of audio issues. Mm -hmm. And it can't be helped because of the setting. We That's had to shoot in schools. Filming in Singapore for you. It, filming in Singapore, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really difficult because yeah. we can't block off roads. We can't <laughs> no budget, lah. Planes. Then we have planes and traffic <laughs> planes, and constructions roads. everywhere oh. and it's so densely populated. The second you have to film by a roadside, good luck to you. It's, it's yeah, just it's never going to happen. There so will be trucks yeah. and tunnels If there's one thing buses. about like filming like, like a television production, it's not like about the... It's not about like, oh, it's not so big budget, but it's, sometimes I really hope that it can be slightly more controlled because yeah. there's only this amount of takes an actor can do. Yeah. There's only this amount of like focus like the team yeah. can have and when it's exhausted on stupid things like like planes flying past every three minutes. It's just, it's, it's it doesn't frustrating work. It doesn't for everyone. Work. Yeah, it's just frustrating. Yeah. It feels like it's not right. The environment is not right for a production like that. I know. But we, we try our And best. we make do. Uh, yeah. Personally, I find it very challenging to, to not get frustrated. So that, that's my challenge, like remaining zen about the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I think JJ Abrams challenge. actually said something like that. Like television is about working with limitations. Yes. Even for the American market. So I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a norm. What do you think can be improved in our local industry? And what do you think is something that is really good and we need to keep? I think what can be improved is... Well, for me, personally, because I have a background of reading, scripts. 
I would really love to see in-depth scripts and and real like characterization, which I think we have somewhat achieved. You know, more than somewhat achieved in Lion Mums, the characterization of the characters uh, and, and the storytelling and the backstory for, sure. for Lion Mums too, especially, has been very strong. So with Chilean's character, I can't wait for everyone to watch. Chilean has a very good storyline, though. I have to say. Beautiful. I can't wait to see the ending, and I can't wait to see the audience's reaction. To okay, so wait. So ending. is this the one that you want to keep, or is this the one that you think we can improve? I want to keep. one thing, like I, I, the biggest thing that I we think we improve. are. I don't know what's the biggest thing, though. But I think this is one aspect that we are slowly starting to achieve, and we okay. are getting stronger and stronger by the year. What is stopping us is censorship. When you become when you become you very so? nitpicky about what you are allowed to show on TV and what you're not allowed to show on TV, it gets very stifling, and you kill the creative bud before it even begins to grow. You know, for the writers, you think? For, for the writers, because this it happens so naturally. You start to self censor. I need to talk to a writer. I would, yeah. I need to talk to like a like. I a think their challenges writer. are so different. Yeah. You know, sometimes they want to start with, oh, we want to talk about a drug adult prostitute who, you know finds the strength to get out of what she's, what she's um, 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 experiencing in mm-hmm. life. Can you talk about that? Like the very first second you think about drug addict prostitute, what's the setting? Whole house. Cannot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like when you start thinking, like when you even try to create, no, but right, like, okay, you sens- start to censor it yourself. But censorship is such a, like a big issue in Singapore, right? But like, don't you think like our internet censorship doesn't make any sense? I think this is okay. I don't. I, I sometimes I I work with like um, free to air TV like all my career almost, <laughs> and I understand that the main bulk of the audience are some of them are not ready for for yeah. what they are watching. You know, but yeah. with the whole internet revolution and and now people are watching content online mm-hmm. uh, with things like Netflix. Like we're saying, Marco Polo is on Netflix, and yeah. there's so much nudity in it, so much violence, violence so much gore, yeah. and so much story, dark stories to be told, right? And like comedy and humor that are like they talk about things that are. They're just all over the world and they are yeah. not censored. Yeah. Um, yeah, either like if, if it's way too off, then they will not even have it in the, in the yeah. inventory in Singapore. But, but like the content we can get from a Singapore mm-hmm. allowed like platform is mm-hmm. so much. But for our local online content, like for Togo and stuff, like we, still very safe. we still have to make do with that censorship, which, I, which is actually stunting the growth for... It is. Because how can you? Because they are competing with Netflix. They have no question about it. That's their direct competitor, right? And yeah. and how am I gonna tell the same story? I'm gonna tell a crime story, but I cannot say fuck. <laughs> and then I have their Netflix, like you know, like yeah. with like guns blazing and, and narcos. You know, yeah, with narcos. How do you like compete with that? Like I would love to see like a 1960s like like Serangoon Road, but but yeah, like but not grit, censored. You know? Yeah, like grit and yeah. like like a local story like that, it would be so powerful, you know, but we need that space, I think, especially for the internet because you have a choice to watch it or not. It's not forced upon you anymore. And I really hope that they start to change the censorship law for that. I wonder if it's because we're still very young as an industry. We haven't, you know, Singapore's only 52 this year, right? We haven't really grown in terms of um, what, what, what kind of stories have an emotional impact in so far from what I've seen, and I might be wrong because I've only had like six, seven years of experience, right? So far from what I've seen, the home stories work. What it's like, like family stories, growing up, for instance, Bwachukang is humor, right? But growing up, when I was growing up with growing up, and it was, <laughs> it was, so, it was so meaningful at that point in time. It was all about family, and we do those, those 
little stories, mm. right? Really well. Yeah. Ilo Ilo did really, really well. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a major landscape sort of storytelling. It's very slice of life. And those stories do work. I think it's very probably, local stories. Very local uh, stories. Yeah. Probably our forte is in telling these stories. Uh-huh. But it could be because we're still so young. So we haven't had the kind of experimental, let's try our very first, our very first um, major acting sequence or you know, major drugs and, and dark stories and things like that. We haven't tried that. I mean, it doesn't have to be even just dark stories, but I, I feel that even small stories, they can have like... Those moments. Yeah, moments. You know, it's just mm. the censorship are stopping those moments that really give like production, like the depth Possibly. that they need. Possibly. And I think, I do agree. I do think that our scripts are improving. Yeah. Um, It'll always be great if we can get more money too. Yeah. Okay, so what's... Uh, <laughs> Do you know our our, the, our industry is working on like the government's money, right? Yeah. Like we are not like a private. Like I'm working when I was working in Taiwan, um, yeah, production companies like open and shut down, mm. and, and it's so like the turnover is so quick and so fast, right? Mm. Like recently they have a really big company just shut down because like one production just just didn't work do well, and right. they just they just shut down. Like it was like a it's one of the biggest like production company with like 20, 30 years of experience, wow. but it, it's just like that because it's purely private and. If it's right. profitable, they make money. If it's right. not profitable, it's like. But for us, it's a regular thing, you know. Like mm. we have, we have like grants from the government. We have like money given for certain projects. So in a in a good way, it's like we always have productions, mm-hmm. like local productions. But in a on the other side, like we will slowly lose our edge because mm. we feel that like no matter, you know, like if there's like a hundred people watching, fine. You know, if there's like a million yeah. people watching, okay, that's not that's not that bad. But true. if there's a hundred people watching, it doesn't matter because I'm still gonna get the next project. I'm still gonna get the money in. Yeah. But if you're working like, you know, every viewer is like your bread and butter. I, I think we we kind of need a certain amount of that or like of a, com- competition. Yeah, or like I would or love like the way that the fund is being like distributed. I think it, there has to be like a certain there has to be a better way to make people work harder for like more edgy and better projects. Yeah. I think there is that. You think it's a, I don't know if it's because we don't have enough networks or we don't have enough channels for different genres. I don't even feel it's that. It's I just feel enough. it's the I don't feel that we I don't know when I okay, I don't know what's stopping like Singapore from coming out with like other than Toggle, which is owned by MediaCorp, mm-hmm. like a private like online Cost. content. I don't know whether it's the licensing thing. It could be. I think it's a licensing thing actually. But I do think that we need competition for sure. Right. Uh, but I also just think that it's, it's the way the government is giving the funding. I, mm-hmm. I think if they give it in a way whereby there's more competition, even for like personal projects, right? Mm. I think it will, it will make a lot of difference. Uh. It could? Yeah, yeah, it will make a lot of difference. I mean, I don't mind more platforms for sure, yeah. especially online. I think online it's something we need to explore really hard at this point if we were to be competitive on an international stage. Yeah, because that's yeah. why everything is happening yeah. now, right? And the world is shrinking because of the internet. Yeah. So what do you like then? What's one thing that you like? What's one thing I like? Yeah. I... Hmm. I like, I like the collaborative process. Um, and I think a lot of Singaporean directors are very open to collaboration. Mm-hmm. And as an actor, I value that a lot because when I read the script and I, I do my homework and I think that, okay, I want to 
maybe I want to do it this way. And then you go to set and then they have a different idea, but they're very willing to listen to your ideas. So I think a lot of directors are very um, open to discussion. And not all. Not all, not all. <laughs> but it, maybe I've been very lucky, but I've worked with a lot of directors who are willing to hear you out and be like, oh yeah, actually I didn't think about it that way. That's a good idea. Let's do it your way. Mm. Yeah. So I think I that's think quite true. And think, I feel that we do have a very friendly, mm. um, non-toxic like I, I entertainment do think, industry. Yeah, I, I've heard so many horror stories about what it's like for actresses in other countries. I'm very grateful that over here... I mean, I work with other like overseas actresses and actors. Before, yeah, right? I mean, we, we the times that we get to talking about the really dark stuff about the industry, it's it's rare. But I so know rare that in Singapore. It's, it's like yeah. we are like a kindergarten. It's like everybody's like... <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's nice. You're, okay, there are people that are not so pleasant, but they there are, are rare. They are really rare. There are, they are rare. Yeah. They're rare. They're out there, even in okay. Singapore. Um, I have experienced a couple of times. Yeah. But apart from that... But it's... even if they are unpleasant, they are not like malicious. You know what I mean? Like There are... Un- okay, not, not okay. <laughs> okay, there are malicious people, but rare. They are rare. really rare. I mean, there are unpleasant rare. people that you don't like. Maybe you just don't like the person, mm. but... By and large, Singapore are rarely is still very safe. malicious, though. Yeah. Rarely malicious. So, okay, for, for an actress, thing. it's great, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so now, right, I mean, mm. this, this podcast is mainly for people who want to break into the industry. Mm-hmm. So, what should they do, like, if they want to become, like, an actor in Singapore? Train. I think training is an important Thank thing. Thank you! Finally, someone who says train. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. Take any training you can find. Um, a lot of the times they offer workshops for theatre actors or all that. I think, maybe this is not a very politically correct thing to say, but I think a lot of TV actors need to start from theatre. And you need to... You I need completely to... disagree, but continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Le- I... Okay, let me lay out my argument, yeah, yeah. okay? All right. I Go think, <laughs> think theatre training is very important because it teaches you intent. It teaches you purpose. It teaches you how to use your body. The physicality of being on stage at any point in time, you are utilising and you are acting with your whole body. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I find a lot of TV actors, myself included, very, very, very frequently forget. Yeah. That you are angry, right? but your whole body is lumbic. Mm. Your whole body is relaxed. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't come across because in TV acting, you're only using like this much of your, of your, yeah, yes, your I, face. I you know? you Most of the time. Which is really nice because there are moments in TV acting when the subtlest like, twitch in your jaw conveys so much. Yeah. On stage, everything needs to be... I, I don't like using the word bigger, but it does need to... To travel, Visible. Yeah, in, it does travel. need to travel right to the very back of yeah. the theatre the space, mm-hmm. right? And it's always easier, I find, in theatre to start from up there and then bring it back down for TV. It's very difficult for TV actors to, who, who only do TV and who have only trained in TV to go, go up to do theatre. So I feel like theatre is a good ground zero to start from and then you build your craft from there. Personally, I would think that theatre training and, and acting workshops and yeah. using your body is a great platform to, to start building mm-hmm. your training. Yeah. Okay, I go. agree with... Everything you said, okay. except for the point that what you have described, like the physicality mm. and the intent and the motivation and all that, I don't categorize that as like theater acting training. Mm. I, I think that is acting. It is. It's all, it's just all just acting. Mm. Okay, so to me, like stage acting and screen acting are just two disciplines of acting. The core is the same. Yeah. But the expression is different. 
That okay? is true. And so, like, you have to learn, if you, if you don't have good physicality, you don't know how to use your body, then you're not so good an actor, mm. be it stage or, or screen. It doesn't matter. It's just you're not so good, like, or your language or the way you express yourself. But when I've done, I've done stage only once, so I'm not the best person to say this, but from my experience, like, when you do stage, right, you're basically learning to express yourself with a certain language. Yeah. Um, not just verbally, but physically yeah. and everything. And I wouldn't call it, like, realistic. Mm. Okay, not for most of the theater anyways because the, it's the, most of the audience is so big right yeah. like if you need if you're gonna like limp you need to limp you can't yeah. you can't limp there's no such thing as a small limp on stage yeah. which is wrong i mean there are small limbs in real life right True. so okay so for, stage is very heightened yeah so it's very heightened so basically that's the language you can make a very amplified limping very realistic mm. okay but you cannot say that's real you can only say it's as realistic as stage allows it to be okay right so for screen it's a whole new language. You need to learn how to work with the camera. Like, at, at, if it's a wide shot, you need more physicality. If mm. it's a close-up, you need to be paying more attention to details. Yeah. Again, is it true? It's as close to truth as possible for screen. So to me, it's just two different disciplines. I wouldn't say it's easier to uh, learn from stage uh, and then go to screen or mm. learn from screen to go to stage. I think they are equally difficult and mm. I just think it's two completely different complete different disciplines. So there are actors that can do both very nicely. That's true. They understand yeah, yeah. it very well. And there are people who have tried to do have done screen and try to do stage and flop completely. And mm. there are people who've done theatre and try and do I've I work with many theatre actors who try and do screen and they flop completely. Not because they are bad, but because they just look completely out of place right. on screen. Right. Because it's just it's not the right it's not the same expression right. you see. So that's my argument, is that acting is acting. We all need to train acting. If you want to learn screen acting, you need to train to act well mm. on screen. And if you want to do theatre, you need to train well to act on stage. Okay la. You got, you got valid point la. <laughs> that, that's all I'll give you. Okay la, got valid point. <laughs> okay, valid point. Okay, yeah. The okay. other things I think that young actors need to know, or young would-be actors need to know, is um, attitude is everything. Also, I got a few mantras oh, for nodding, this. Nodding, I got a few mantras for this, okay? okay? Attitude really does make a world of difference. Um, another one is if you are early, you are on time. If you are on time, you are late. Always. Okay. Always, no matter what. Um, and it's. I was you, late you... for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Still there to say. Still there to okay. say. Uh, and the last thing I think is there is something to learn from everyone. There is something, good or bad. Really? You think? Yeah. In my less charitable moments, I will write people off as complete morons. But I do try very hard, very hard. I don't always succeed, but I try very hard to be But what as if like 80% of the, like, the people on production are like... Then you learn. You learn not to do it again. <laughs> right? So you learn Fair something. You learn something from everyone about how to behave, how not to behave. Yeah. So I've been very lucky to have lots of friends who are who are amazing people in general and then who are really good actors. So we did have a, a couple of scenes with Yubeng and, you know, and, and of course, Lina like, throughout the whole series and Yubeng and Nurul. And it's so great working with them because you see how they get into their process and how they put across the character. And it's just it's so enjoyable. Yeah. Okay, so where can the audience like find you? What's your handle? Oh. You can also talk about your... like. 
tweeting, <laughs> compulsive <laughs> tweeting behavior. Hey, okay, so for Lion Mums, uh, we tweet every Monday to Thursday at 10 p.m. for an hour, sometimes a bit more. When the show is going when on. When the show so is going watch, on. So we're live tweeting. You can read tweeting. the tweet and watch the show yeah, at the same or tweet, time. Yeah, tweet with us as we are, as we are watching the show together. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Vanessa Van DS. Yeah, because my surname won't fit. And uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter Facebook? and Instagram. Facebook is Vanessa and Van der Just type in Vanessa and see what happens. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Basically, okay. see what happens. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you can join me there. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you. If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Uh, you can also find me at Andy Chen, A N D I E C H E N, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.